choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Godspeed, John Glenn. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Can I feel out? Okay, I'm out. How does it feel for the United States to be the new record holder? At last, huh? Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis and you're listening to episode 306 of the Space Rocket History Podcast. And now, Apollo 14, the launch. The timing of an Apollo launch to the moon falls within certain windows or periods of time which are influenced by daily and monthly factors. The daily restriction to the window is due to the rotation of the Earth bringing the launch site to the correct relationship with the moon's position in its orbit. The timing of this window allows enough of a parking orbit around Earth before the boost to the moon. The monthly factors are the lighting requirements at the landing site. The landing should take place in the early lunar morning so that the sun will be behind the astronauts as they approach from their east-to-west orbit. A low sun angle will produce shadows on the lunar terrain, which will allow the commander to recognize landmarks as well as aiding speed and distance perception. Landing in the lunar morning also finds a comfortable medium between the minus 180 degrees C chill of the lunar night and the plus 125 degrees C heat of the noon sunshine. With a lunar day lasting 29 and a half Earth days, the correct conditions for landing only occur monthly. The first launch window for Apollo 14 began at 1523 Eastern Standard Time, January 31, 1971, and lasted almost four hours. If technical problems did occur that day, they would have to wait until March for another window to open. Right on schedule, Shepard, Rusa, and Mitchell went through the detailed procedure of donning their spacesuits and bubble-like helmets. Rusa's suit weighed about 35 pounds less than Shepard's or Mitchell's. The astronauts were then taken to the 381-foot launch tower. The tower had nine swing arms which provided the ground crew with access to the vehicle. The swing arms were articulated so that they could swing away from the vehicle to give it clearance as it rised and to protect them from the rocket's white-hot exhaust gases. The crew would enter the spacecraft via the top or ninth arm, which carries an environmental control room at its end known as the white room. It covers the command module hatch until the crew is aboard. 43 minutes before launch, it is swung away from the spacecraft by 12 degrees. Five minutes before launch, it completes its retraction to 180 degrees on the opposite side of the tower from the Saturn V. 
Three hours before launch, the Prime crew entered the spacecraft, and once settled, they continued the pre-launch checks. Commander Alan Shepard took the left couch facing the major flight controls and the abort handle. Command Module Pilot Stuart Rusa occupied the center couch facing the caution and warning panel so that he could monitor the computer's display during the critical minutes of ascent. Lunar Module Pilot Edgar Mitchell took the right couch so that he could monitor the electrical and environmental systems during launch. With all three men aboard the command module, the call sign became Apollo 14. This is Kennedy Launch Control at T-minus 60 minutes and counting. T-minus 60, one hour away from the Apollo 14 liftoff. All aspects of the countdown still proceeding very satisfactorily at this time. And in fact, a number of events with some 10 or 15 minutes ahead of uh, the assigned work in the countdown manuals. Uh, because of this, the Apollo access arm, swing arm number nine, will probably come back about 10 minutes earlier than it usually would in the countdown. By coming back early, it will uh, be moving in about seven or eight minutes from this point. It's moved 12 degrees from the spacecraft. That's about six feet and remains in that standby position until the five-minute mark in the count when it's fully retracted. A short while ago, uh, astronaut Alan Shepard uh, was told uh, by the spacecraft test conductor Skip Chauvin that things were going very well and uh, that we were ahead on the count. Uh, Alan at that point said, uh, thanked him for the information and said, how's the weather out there? The reply uh, came back that there is some cover, but it looks pretty fair. Actually, the clouds we have in the area at the present time have a base of about 3,000 feet and extend up to 8,000 feet, with uh, some uh, getting as high as 12,000 feet. This does not appear to be any constraint to a launch attempt uh, as far as the cloud cover is concerned at this time. That's our status. Uh, the countdown's still running smoothly. We're go on Apollo 14, T-minus 58 minutes, 33 seconds and counting. This is Kennedy Launch Control. Jack King wasn't the only one talking about the weather. Walter Cronkite began breaking the news to his viewers that they might not be able to see the Apollo 14 go through staging due to cloud cover. Downrange uh, through which it will be going looks like it's at about, uh, oh, what would you say, 6,000 feet, something like that perhaps? It's pretty low. It was uh, 8,000 a little earlier and looks lower to now. might even be lower than that. Uh, that's uh, only going to take us through uh, less than a minute of flight, and uh, then she's going to disappear behind that cloud, and uh, our long-range cameras that do such a beautiful job uh, aren't going to get to see the separation of the S1C uh, first stage or the staging into the second stage or the staging to the third stage, which we have seen in the past with that remarkable camera. Uh, that's a disappointment, uh, but uh, at least we'll watch launch off here. In the VIP launch area, as menacing clouds tumbled overhead and a light drizzle began soaking the crowds at the beach, Louise Shepard stood beside a white Chevy convertible with the women closest to her in life. There was her mother, her two daughters, and her niece, Alice. Her friend and embroidery partner, Lorraine Meyer, her best friend, Dorel Abbott, and two other astronaut wives, Marge Slayton and Joe Chirral. This is Kennedy Launch Control, T-minus 35 minutes and counting. T-minus 35, all going well with Apollo 14. 
Astronauts just been advised by uh, spacecraft uh, test conductor Skip Chauvin that we've just passed the 35-minute mark, and a clip Roger came back in reply. The countdown is still going well. We're keeping a close uh, look at our cloud cover, and we'll proceed to countdown uh, to the 10-minute mark, take a close look there, and if it appears that we will be clear, we will continue our countdown down through liftoff. We have completed our power transfer test, and all is still going well with the count. 34 minutes, 21 seconds and counting. This is Kennedy Launch Control. At T-minus 25 minutes till launch, weather was the greatest concern. This is Kennedy Launch Control. T-minus 25 minutes and counting. T-minus 25. All is still go with the Apollo 14 count. We are keeping a close look on the clouds in the KSC area, particularly here at Complex 39 at this time. Uh, these... Uh, uh, clouds are ranging from three to 8,000 feet at the present time. We'll take a close look at the 10-minute mark to determine our posture to continue the count. We're still aiming at this time to at our planned T-0 and liftoff at 3.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In progress here in firing room two, uh, the crew is monitoring some automatic telemetry calibrations of the Saturn V launch vehicle. This is to assure that we are properly calibrated uh, to receive the in-flight information during the powered phase of the mission. 24 minutes, 11 seconds and counting. This is Kennedy Launch Control. At T-minus 15 minutes, the crew was busy checking the final status of the electrical system and setting up the flight director's attitude indicator. This instrument, often called the 8-ball, was similar to the ball-style artificial horizon found on many aircraft and was used to determine the spacecraft's attitude with respect to a desired frame of reference. Usually, this would be the inertial measurement unit. The flight director attitude indicator also displayed attitude errors and the rate of change of attitude. This is Kennedy Launch Control, T-minus 15 minutes and counting. T-minus 15, we are still go with our countdown, taking a close look at cloud conditions, and uh, we'll take a close look at the 10-minute mark in the count. Uh, starting at this point, the astronaut crew is going to be quite busy in the spacecraft as the Apollo 14 spacecraft goes on full internal power. This is the full internal power of the fuel cells. Up to this time in the countdown, uh, we've been sharing the load, so to speak, with an external power source along with the fuel cells. Uh, as we go on internal power, the lunar module pilot, Ed Mitchell, will give readouts to the spacecraft test conductor on how the power situation looks. Spacecraft commander Alan Shepard will also give some final readouts on the stabilization and control system of the Apollo spacecraft. Both Shepard and Stu Russo will arm the rotational hand controllers uh, that are on their armrests in the cabin. We'll take a close look at the clouds at the 10-minute mark in the count to determine our posture for proceeding with the countdown. 13 minutes, 55 seconds and counting. This is Kennedy Launch Control. At T-minus 10 minutes, it was time for a weather evaluation. This is Kennedy Launch Control, T-minus 10 minutes and counting, T-minus T minus 10. We are proceeding at this time. However, the weather conditions, the clouds in the area being evaluated at this point. If a hold is required, it could occur about two minutes from this time. We'll stand by for further reports. In the meantime, uh, the Apollo 14 flight crew have completed some checks on what's called the Astrolaunch circuit. This is a special radio frequency circuit used by the spacecraft communicator 
the launch operations manager and the spacecraft test conductor to uh, advise the astronauts of abort conditions. As weather conditions continued to deteriorate, the launch was put on hold. This is Kennedy Launch Control. We are now advised that we will hold for weather. We will hold the countdown at the eight-minute mark in the count. We're now at nine minutes, ten seconds, and counting. To repeat, we will hold the countdown at the eight-minute mark because of cloud conditions in the launch facility area. This is Kennedy Launch Control. In the aftermath of the Apollo 12 lightning strike launch, NASA had tightened the weather rules, so Apollo 14 had to wait for the weather to clear. This is Kennedy Launch Control. We remain in our hold on the Apollo 14 countdown. The clock reading minus 8 minutes and 2 seconds and holding. The reason? Uh, cloud conditions in the area. We have uh, had an aircraft aloft uh, in the area during uh, the full progress of the final countdown, and we were advised at the 10-minute mark in the count that it appeared that one particular cloud cell coming across the Indian River that is coming west over the launch pad area appeared to have rain in it and uh, some potential and it was reaching up to altitudes of some 15,000 feet. As a result, the launch director, Walt Caprian, uh, determined that we should hold. We're going to remain in this posture at approximately the eight-minute mark to try to be uh, uh, no, no more than some 10 minutes away uh, from a launch attempt as long as this is possible. Uh, we are going to be advised by uh, the flying aircraft of conditions and hopefully be able to get a forecast uh, that things will look uh, better in 15-minute increments. That is, when we get a go from the aircraft, uh, we would be able to launch some 15 minutes later. So uh, we do not have a firm estimate at this time. However, uh, the aircraft commander has advised that he feels he will uh, be able to uh, give us one in a short while. That is our situation, standing by at 8 minutes and 2 seconds and holding. The Apollo 14 crew has been advised. They're also standing by in the spacecraft. It is possible we may get some rain in the area shortly uh, from this same cloud cell that we were concerned about for the launch attempt. This is Kennedy Launch Control. As the hold continued, a rainy drizzle began to fall. This is Kennedy Launch Control. We remain in our hold at the 8-minute and 2-second mark on the Apollo 14 countdown. The National Weather Service's aircraft in the area now advises uh, that this cloud buildup we have uh, should continue through the area for another 15 to 30 minutes. However, he reports that uh, presently just northwest of the Kennedy Space Center and northwest of the city of Titusville, the area does appear to be clearer and he indicates that there would be a good possibility to resume the count some 30 minutes or so from this time. We'll be standing by for further reports as uh, we await uh, continuing reports from the weather plane. The clouds here extend up to about 18,000 feet and we are getting some rain in the Complex 39 area at this time. Eight minutes and two seconds and holding on the clock for Apollo 14. This is Kennedy Launch Control. Now the drizzle became a downpour. The delay was almost too much for Louise to take, so her friend, Dorel, led her away from the others to a quieter spot. Huddled beneath an umbrella, they stood beside a hurricane fence, and Louise confessed that she was a lot more nervous than she had been pretending. 
Louise's husband, Alan, was getting a little tired of the delay as well. At one point, Shepard impatiently snapped, Let's get on with it. The public affairs officer, Jack King, felt that that comment did not need to be reported to the world. This is Kennedy Launch Control, remaining in the hold, T-minus 8 minutes and 2 seconds at this time on Apollo 14. We're standing by for further advisories from the National Weather Service's aircraft, which is surveying the cloud conditions in the area. Just a matter of a minute or two ago, the director of uh, flight crew operations, Dick Slayton, uh, called in to Al Shepard in the spacecraft and mentioned uh, to Al that at least it's more comfortable up there than it was in the old days. Al reported back, oh my, yes. He also added to, to Deke that we're in good shape up here. We're standing by for further reports, holding eight minutes and two seconds. This is Kennedy Launch Control. After 40 minutes of hold, weather conditions improved enough to continue the countdown. This is Kennedy Launch Control. Mark, we have resumed our countdown. T minus eight minutes and counting on Apollo 14. We're still keeping a close eye on our weather conditions at this time, but Launch Director Walter Caprian has made the determination to resume the count. This should put us with a liftoff at three minutes past the hour if all continues to go well. We're now starting the chill down of the engine chambers on the third and second stages of the Saturn V launch vehicle. This is one of the critical elements and has to do with hold times. Uh, the chill down has to last a precise period. Uh, we feed in uh, extremely cold helium into the engine chambers of both the second stage and third stage to condition them for the very cold liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen that will be flowing into the chamber when they're due to ignite uh, later during the powered portion of the flight. All is uh, still going well as far as launch vehicles, spacecraft, and the three astronauts on board. Coming up in the seven-minute mark, mark seven minutes and counting, this is Kennedy Launch Control. The Apollo 14 crew selected the call sign Kitty Hawk for the command and service module, named after the town in North Carolina where the Wright brothers made the first powered flight. They named the lunar module Antares for the star it used to orient itself for lunar landing. This is Kennedy Launch Control, T-minus six minutes and counting, T-minus six. We're still proceeding at this time. We'll be standing by for the spacecraft ready light to come on shortly uh, from the spacecraft test conductor to show that both the command module, Kitty Hawk, and the lunar module Antares are go for launch. Uh, status uh, report will be coming up shortly uh, to get a go from all elements in the countdown. At the three minute, seven second mark in the count, we will go on an automatic sequence with the computer that will lead up uh, to the ignition sequence of the five engines in the first stage of the Saturn V, beginning at the 8.9 second mark in the count. All engines should be running at the two second mark, and we should get a commit and a liftoff uh, at the zero mark in the count. We're coming up now on the five minute mark in the count. Launch director has just given a go uh, to continue the countdown. Mark, T-minus five minutes and counting. We are go with Apollo 14. This is Kennedy Launch Control. At T-minus four minutes, ten seconds, the five launch vehicle indicator lights were illuminated. Throughout powered flight, these lights arranged to resemble the pattern 
of the engine clusters on the S1C first stage and the S2 second stage will provide the commander with cues about the progress of the boost and the status of the engines. And now, the uninterrupted final four minutes of the launch of Apollo 14. This is Kennedy Launch Control, minus four minutes and counting on Apollo 14. We are go with the mission at this time. Spacecraft test conductor Skip Chauvin uh, pulled the key elements as far as spacecraft operations are concerned and received a go all the way down, including three strong goes from the three pilots on board the spacecraft. The abort engine lights now have come on as cue lights for uh, astronaut Alan Shepard on the left-hand side, and as we come up on three minutes and 30 seconds. Three minutes, 30 seconds and counting at the launcher. The launch operations manager now has told uh, Alan Shepard, we are go, and on behalf of the launch team, which is him, which is him Godspeed. Alan Shepard came back and said, uh, thank you very much, we'll give it a good ride. Three minutes, 13 seconds and counting, we'll be coming up on the automatic sequence shortly. Mark, we have launch sequence start. The automatic sequence is in, coming up on three minutes. T-minus three minutes and counting. We are still go at this time with Apollo 14. Skip Chauvin has just asked Lunar Module Pilot Ed Mitchell uh, to bring on uh, the tape recorder on board the spacecraft. We're at two minutes, 46 seconds and counting. As we're on the automatic sequence, the various tanks in the Saturn V launch vehicle, those propellant tanks in all three stages begin pressurizing so that uh, the propellants can be forced into the engine chambers at the appropriate time. Coming up two minutes, 30 seconds and counting. Uh, Shepard has been alerted uh, that he will uh, be making his final guidance checks shortly. Second stage locks tank beginning to pressurize at two minutes and 20 seconds and counting. Still go at this time. Two minutes, 10 seconds, we are still go. We have taken the environmental control system uh, off external. We've gone on internal with the environment, environmental control of the spacecraft. Two minutes and counting. We are still go. The tanks in the Saturn V still continuing to pressurize. The sequence for the ignition of those five engines in the first stage of the Saturn V will begin at 8.9 seconds. We're now one minute, 45 seconds and counting. Still go with Apollo 14. We'll go on internal power in the Saturn V launch vehicle at the 50-second mark in the count. At ignition and liftoff, we'll have more than 7.5 million pounds of thrust pushing the space vehicle off the launch pad. This is the heaviest Saturn V space vehicle to be launched thus far. Coming up on the 1 minute, 20-second mark. 1 minute, 20 seconds and counting. Still go at this time. Third stage tanks now are pressurized according to our status board here in the firing room. One minute, 10 seconds and counting. This is Kennedy Launch Control coming up in 60 seconds. Mark, T-minus, 60 seconds and counting. Still go with the count. First stage uh, tanks are now pressurized as our status board uh, gives us a rundown on the automatic sequence. 50 seconds and counting. We've now gone on internal power on the internal batteries of the Saturn V as the count continues. 40 seconds and counting, Alan Shepard reports that he's performing his final guidance alignment, the final uh, maneuver the astronauts perform before liftoff. 30 seconds and counting, Stu Russo just said thanks, it's been a good count. 
25 seconds and counting, we are still go. 20 seconds, guidance alert, the guidance system now going internal. 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, ignition sequence start, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Launch commit, liftoff, we have liftoff with Apollo 14, three minutes past the hour. The tower is clear. From the foothills of North Carolina, this is Michael Annis, your host, and I wanted to say thanks for listening to episode number 306 of the Space Rocket History Podcast entitled Apollo 14, The Launch. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a pleasure to bring it to you. If you're looking for old episodes of the podcast, the first 135 are available on the Archive Podcast. Search for Space Rocket History Archive. It should be available on all podcatchers. My sources for this week's episode were Light This Candle by Neil Thompson, Smoke Jumper, Moon Pilot by Willie Mosley, Failure Is Not an Option by Gene Krantz, A Man on the Moon by Andrew Chaikin, The Internet Archive, CBS News, Apollo 14 Flight Journal, and Wikipedia. Well, I don't know about you, but I love these Apollo moon mission launches. The excitement, the anticipation, the countdown, all the tasks that have to be accomplished, all the equipment that must function correctly, the technicians, the launch controllers, the astronauts, the whole launch team. Then there's the news media, Walter Cronkite and Wally Sherall on CBS, hearing the public affairs officer, Jack King, and then all the weather conditions that have to be acceptable because we definitely don't want another Apollo 12 lightning strike. It is a gargantuan effort where everything has to come together and somehow on these very rare occasions it does. And when it does, it is magnificent. We now have three of these Apollo moon launches left. Let's enjoy them to the max. Now let's talk a little about what I have planned for the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. We will relive the landing on three consecutive nights. On July 18th, I will post episode 219, Apollo 11 Lunar Landing Part 1. The next night, July 19, I will post Lunar Landing Part 2. And on July 20th, the 50th anniversary, I will post Lunar Landing Part 3. If you're subscribed to the podcast, it will appear in your feed automatically. So if you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that now. Okay, the pictures for this week's episode are available on the website, spacerockethistory.com. I hope you check that out. If you're not checking on the website, you're missing out on a good bit of the content. For those of you who are enjoying the content provided here, You may have noticed that we do not have any commercials or ad revenue. We are entirely listener-supported. Please consider supporting the podcast if you are financially able 
To support the podcast, go to the homepage, spacerockethistory.com. Click on the orange donate button to make a one-time donation or the Patreon link to make small monthly donations. All donors are rewarded with their name on the donors page at the level they choose to donate as well as being entered into the weekly giveaway. We were pleased to receive several contributions to support the podcast over the past week. Devin W. from Calgary, Canada donated at the Orion level and pledged on Patreon. David R. from California donated at the shuttle level and earned a moon emoji. John Z. from Tennessee donated at the Apollo level and earned a rocket emoji. Jill C. from Canada donated at the Mercury level. Jake S. pledged on Patreon at the Mercury level. Tom C. increased his pledge on Patreon and moved to the Gemini level. Tony K. pledged on Patreon at the Mercury level and earned a rocket emoji. Stuart L. from Texas pledged on Patreon at the Apollo level and earned a rocket emoji. Brandon W. pledged on Patreon at the Apollo level and earned a moon emoji. And Guillaume C. pledged on Patreon at the Vostok level. Thank you so much for supporting the Space Rocket History Podcast. We really appreciate it. We have now reached 232 Patreon donors, which is a record. Our goal for this year is to reach 300. Our total donors for 2019 have reached 362, with a goal of reaching 600 in 2019. For the 362 of you who have already donated for 2019, I certainly appreciate it. This week, we are giving away the SRH logo magnet to one of our lucky donors. Here's Mrs. SRH. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to announce the winner of the SRH logo magnet. With the help of Google's random number generator, I selected Graham Stockdale. Graham Stockdale, if you would email us, Mike at spacerockethistory.com and tell us your address. We will mail this out to you. Thank you to all 362 of you who have contributed thus far in 2019. Okay, folks, that's all we have for this week. I'll try to have episode 307 posted by next Thursday. So long for now.